The thrill and personality of motorsports attracted Shelby Nick's creative vision. As a young woman, she found herself photographing races from outside the fence. But her perseverance and talent paid off, propelling her to the top tier of the profession that she loves. Her journey began at a Northern California junior college, then led her to London's fashion industry. Then back again across the pond to Los Angeles, where she got her first big break as a photographer. Her story is both inspiring and informative, and best told in her own words. Here's my conversation with Shelby Nick. Shelby, I think you know many people are willing to recognize the technical side of what we do, you know, taking pictures. But I think sometimes they're not willing to acknowledge that we're artists too. You know, our, our, you know we're just capturing things that already exist. Now you have a background in fashion and design and so forth, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But first, right off the top, I want to hear your response to that. Are we just technical creatures that are just pushing buttons and capturing things that are there? Well, I can definitely speak for myself. Absolutely not. First and foremost, an, I'm an artist. And what came first is I, I studied and I uh, did art my entire life in so many different forms. I mean, when I was a little girl, my mother would do arts and crafts activities with me every weekend. And so anything from, you know, pottery to silk painting to watercolor to you name it, I did it. So uh, when it came to photography, it first came as art and it always is art first for me. And then I learned the technical side of it. You know, that's interesting because in my workshops, I, I, I basically see two types of people. I'll have the guy come in uh, and he knows all the technical side of everything about photography. So he could tell me everything about, you know, aperture and depth of field and all that. He may or may not have a great eye. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he doesn't. And then I have other people come in that go, well, I, you know, I just kind of leave it in program mode, but I know what I like when I look through the viewfinder. And a lot of times those are the folks that take the amazing pictures. And I, I kind of built this theory that it's easier to learn the technical side of photography than it is the artistic side. What's your vibe mm -hmm. on that? I mean, was it hard for you to learn the technical side or did that come easily as well? No, I, I was fascinated by it. So I, I think with photography, yes, you have to have an eye, but also you can train, you can, there's, techniques like knowing you know where to put your subject where's the points as far as keeping the rule of thirds and those kinds of things you can definitely be aware of them and learn those points but uh, for me it always was art first and I wanted to learn the technical side I studied under people I, I worked under my mentors such as Rick Graves and Vic Huber who are very technical, that were artists, but also very interested in lighting and doing, you know, starting like automotive photography, starting with one light and then slowly adding another light and, you know, adding on, adding on until you get that perfect studio shot. So it was fascinating for me to learn that. And I, I do have that knowledge now but I'm always so fascinated. For myself, I love capturing what is really there. And to me is 
what's interesting in my travels and oh, everything that I've captured is to find the beauty in what is really there in that moment. Okay, so let's take a step back then, all right, because uh, you didn't start out as a photographer. I mean, it was photography is something that you enjoyed, mm -hmm. but let's talk a little bit about your arc as an artist and that led you to photography. Right. Well, I, first off, I always had the interest in travel. So I, when it came, I went locally, I went to the Santa Rosa Junior College for a couple years because right out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just figured, well, we have a really great local college here. I'll get my general education classes done with and I'll have more time to figure that out. And so that's what I did. And in the meantime, I was like, how can I go somewhere, like travel at the same time as finding my focus, finding what it is I want to do. And I had, I took a few classes that were in fashion local at the SRJC here. And I was fascinated by it. So I looked up some colleges abroad and I came across a few colleges in London and I always had the fascination of traveling to London and uh, I took a trip with my mother and her best friend at the time and visited a few of the colleges. My mother at the time did not think that I was serious about this. You like you want to go live in another country and really go to college? Like, she, she didn't believe me and then we came across we went to a few of the different colleges, but then when we came to Central St. Martin's and we found out what an amazing university it was, and Stella McCartney, Alexander McQueen went there. She was, she was on board. She's like, this is it. I think this is, this is it, Shelby. And I was, I, I knew the moment I got there, this, this was the city I was going to live in and this was, this was the school I was going to attend. So. I went to Central St. Martin's, did uh, the art and design foundation year. And uh, after that, I went to the London College of Fashion and I studied art. I studied fashion promotions, which entailed broadcasting, journalism, and, and PR. And I specialized in broadcasting. And it was in that degree that I really loved storytelling. Like to be able to tell a story through art is the most uh, fulfilling thing in my life. So, and during that time, I actually got a little bit sidetracked into fashion, uh, where I worked temporary for uh, Christian Louboutin in their uh, press office. And then I started working for Burberry in their headquarters showroom. And it was an amazing experience I always explain that it was Devil Wears Prada <laughs> uh, <laughs> environment. It, right. it, worrying about mannequins and, and where the sample was and who was going to be wearing it and where, yeah, who's, who took what. Uh, but it was, it was incredible. I loved every minute of working at Burberry and it was such a learning experience. <laughs> so and, and what were some of the things that really that that you took away from that experience as you move forward into what you're doing now? What were some of the things that you go, "Wow, I'm really glad I did that." Uh it, it was definitely learning about personalities oh. and working with different kinds of people. 
Uh, Which is I, very important as a photographer, yes, isn't it? Yes. It is. It, it is. is. It is. And also just organization and uh, again, it's art too. You're dealing with a, just a different form. I, I was around all these amazing pieces of artwork that were clothing. Right. <laughs> so, and I would have the experience of going up to the top floor of Burberry and see the designers and see them working on the next year's designs. And it was amazing. So now at this point in the story, if you were to tell me or someone were to tell me, and then she became a top motorsports photographer, <laughs> I would go, wait, wait a minute there. There's, there's definitely some lost years in this story. How the heck did you make the transition from being in London, working in the fashion industry, all that kind of stuff, to out there, you know, mixing it up with the guys shooting cars? Mm -hmm. I think the only way to explain it is if you actually look at my upbringing. I, I grew up in the outdoors of Sonoma County with a family that has an outdoor store. And I had my father that was very, you know, all about adventure and the outdoors. And then my mother with her passion of the arts. So that's kind of my personality where I have this side that loves fashion and the arts and then this other side that's seeking adventure and so uh, my brother who's my half brother he he grew up always racing something when i was little he was motorcycle racing and car racing when i got a little older and so i saw that from a distance and i thought that was very cool but i never saw it as for me and maybe that's the influences at that time society and yeah. sort of you know, this maybe not what a girl does yeah kind of exactly thing. yeah exactly and so i had the experience i i, I learned i loved burberry and and that experience of that chapter of my life but when when that ended when i decided to come back and i wanted to try living in los angeles just to have a different experience i, I always had an interest in seeing what it's like to live in la so when i moved down there i did ha i did have a relationship at that time that started and i really admired him and what he was doing he was a, a motorsports photographer at the time and so i had my first experience going to a grand prix the Long Beach Grand Prix, and also Pebble Beach Concourse d'Elegance. And I was enamored. I was so fascinated by this world and I had seen this perspective. And, and what interested me is never in all of my brother's magazines or anything that I had experienced of cars, did it really show this side that I was experiencing, the culture of it. And so, when I went to that track, I just, I knew this, there was something here that I wanted yes. a part of. It's a different world, isn't it? Even, yeah. I, I mean, the first time that I got to walk, you know, along the pits mm -hmm. there and, you know, mm -hmm. and talk with the people, and suddenly it's hard not to get drawn into this. Yeah. It, it's really fascinating, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. there's every element uh, that, you know, fashion has is there. Luxury. Mm -hmm. The cars are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they're, they, they are works of art themselves, those, even those race cars. And, and the excitement, the adrenaline of the teams, and, and to actually go into the pits and see all that, it, yeah, it's exciting. So and you were hooked. I was hooked. You are hooked. I was totally hooked, <laughs> and I wanted a part of it. So right. at the time, I started, 
I was doing wardrobe styling at, at that point in my life when I first moved to Los Angeles, but I really, my heart wasn't in it. I was just doing it because that was my experience um, in London. But really on the side, I was helping him a bit with his career, uh, making contacts for him and, and helping more on the marketing side. He, unfortunately, he didn't really want me to really pursue it, help, help him. He so didn't much. want you to shoot, yeah. right? Yeah. So you could do everything else, but no shooting, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> long story short, that relationship ended. And I was at this point in my life where it's like, what am I doing with myself? Like what, you know, what, what should I do? And I remember sitting down at a cafe and thinking, you know, I'm going to go for it. I have the art background. I have the, I believe in myself that I have this aesthetics and there's something that I want to capture, but I need to learn the technical side. So that's uh, when I went back to school again. <laughs> <laughs> I went to UCLA and they had a certificate program in photography. So I did that for a year, took a bunch of classes and Sammy's camera, which was amazing. They have, they were just starting to do a bunch of classes and <laughs> and I ended up taking every single class that they <laughs> offered and it was great. I met so many, so many great industry people that way. So it was t taking all their classes and, and UCLA of course too, but I would just get myself to the racetracks, shoot from outside the, the fence with everyone else, you know, and just walk around and look. My, my whole thing was I wanted one to try to capture art in the car, but also to capture the culture of it, the people, and, because that's what I found fascinating. Yeah. That goes back to the storytelling part too. Really? Right? Yeah. I mean, you, there's a story here, you felt it and you wanted to, to share a little bit of that or get some yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're out there, you're just mixing it up with everyone else. Yeah. I mean, also at the time, what was really important was to understand the subject that I was getting myself into. So I, w I actually went to the library. I looked up a bunch of automotive books. started learning a little bit of the history of, of the automobile. One of my favorite books talks about the history of California and the automobile. Fascinating. And also was looking at the old photographs. And I thought to myself, you know, it's not it's not necessarily the car itself that's grabbing my attention. It's actually, if you look everything around it, it's the people. It's like seeing that the car, even what the safety was in those times, that they weren't wearing, you know, seat belts or they didn't have the right kind of helmets or that people were watching these races with no fence. They were just right up against where they were racing on by. Which is insane yeah. when you think about it, isn't and, it? <laughs> and it's all those things. And the fashion, yeah. what the women and yeah. the men were wearing yeah. at the time. And you realize you're capturing a moment and it's it's so important. You're, you're recording time. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and so I thought about that. I'm like, I want to try to do that for now, of what's happening now. Mm -hmm. So then, Something happened though, because you're definitely not outside the fence now. You're mm -hmm. definitely inside the fence. Mm -hmm. So there must have been a break or uh, or a little something that happened there to get you inside the fence. Yeah, I started working under a few of the great photographers uh, as an assistant. So there's Rick Graves and Vic Huber. I always name because they were they were the ones that I learned a lot from, 
And through them, they were great about contacts. They, Rick introduced me to a lot of people in the racing world. And it was then that I was introduced to Racer Magazine. And I remember I was given my chance when they told me what their, their focus was for an upcoming issue and at Sebring. So I was going to the 12 hours of Sebring race and they told me what their focus was. And so I made it a point that I was going to capture what they wanted. And they ended up using, I think it was like seven of my photos for that issue. And I, I still feel like because I put that pressure on myself so hard that I did some of my best work yeah, <laughs> for that. Yeah, absolutely. So that was my break, is I, I was published in Racer Magazine. I, I want to go back, though, to the assisting part for a mm -hmm. second, because I've heard other professional artists tell me in these interviews that, yeah, once you sort of get into the world, then you have an opportunity to really show others and there's networking and all that. Mm. But how do you do that first thing? Like, how do you, how did you get those first assisting jobs? How did you introduce yourself to Rick? You know, how did, yeah. how did that part go? Because I think that's a missing link for a lot of people on that. It's like getting your first job out of college. Yeah. With Rick, <laughs> it was someone that I had met through my ex to be completely honest with you and I reconnected with him I, I reached out I was very nervous I had worked on my own portfolio from outside the fence and I I had a collection of photographs and what and he he was very happy to hear from me he said please come down to my studio I'd love to see your portfolio and I sat down with him and the very first thing that impressed him is I had this perforated portfolio. I didn't want just a regular portfolio. I wanted something that was going to stand out, stand out before you even open it. So I found this amazing portfolio and that grabbed his attention right away. He said, where did you get this? Where did, did you get this portfolio? And I said, well, I, I seeked it out. I wanted something that had that automotive kind of feel to it. He's like, hold on a second. And he went to his cover and he opened up his cover and he pulled out his portfolio and they were all the same. And he oh said, I made these. Whoever, wherever you got this, they've had to copy my portfolio. Oh my gosh. And oh. so, and they were exactly the same. And I, I agreed with him. I'm like, they, they must have this company must have coffee because that's exactly so we told we bonded immediately so, there's that moment yeah, right there's yeah. that moment and um so he was happy to you know, take me on as an assistant and i mm -hmm. worked with him on a lot of shoots mm -hmm. uh, once you started to get some respect and you know people were acknowledging your work and you know she's got chops mm -hmm. Does gender come into play? Because now I'm thinking, here you are, you're, you know, you're tall, you're blonde, mm -hmm. you're an attractive woman, and you're in this world. Usually, you're on the other side of the camera, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what we're used to seeing. So, uh, did, were people taking you seriously? I mean, tell me a little bit about, you know, this, this cliche of being a woman in a man's world kind of thing. I can honestly say with Vic and Rick and other people, I think what they were so why they brought me on was my excitement, my, my attitude and my willingness to learn and be open. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, if I didn't understand something, I asked, you know, so I think that was respected. The industry, as far as entering into it, 
I saw it definitely as a benefit that I was a woman because there were no women doing it. I, I, I remember the first time I stepped into the media room at Laguna Seca and there was, I think, two women. And one of them was more like one of the, one of the guys and the other one was a videographer. I just saw it as, I, I saw this as almost a movement that I needed to push myself. I saw the potential in this and I needed to be that person that's taking that step. Because uh, initially, even when uh, you were with your ex, mm -hmm. there, there was this sort of feeling that, well, this is not really the kind of work that you, know, you would do, a woman would do, or, or, or am I interpreting that wrong? No, it's not at all the kind of, in the past, <laughs> like what a woman would do. But I, yeah, I mean, I saw it that I needed to challenge myself. I always like to challenge myself, going, moving to another country, not knowing anyone, to stepping into this field. I, I wanted to prove to myself I could do it and and see what there was on the other side so so your challenge was with you oh, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't so much you challenging the world you wanted to prove it, was, it to you it was a it was both it was both oh yeah, yeah. it was definitely both and yeah i i saw that there wasn't many women doing it and i saw what i could potentially put out to the world and 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 capture and i i, I wanted to experience it i wanted to so I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I wasn't going to ask you this quite this early, but we're right here and I have to ask you. So originally I was going to ask you, uh, what would you, after these years of experience that you have in this industry, you know, what do you wish you would have known at the beginning that you know now? But I think I want to come, uh, you know, also mix in there. Uh, if you have any ideas for women trying to break into not only this industry, but any industry that feels male dominant. And, you know, one of the things that, that jumps out at me is what you said is that your preparation, your enthusiasm, your, you know, you probably went into those rooms more prepared in, in with as much knowledge as, as anyone else in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious as to you know, what advice or what knowledge you have to share about that? My whole thing that got me going is be the person you want to radiate and what you want to be. Be that person. Even if you are scared inside, you do it. Just pretend you're it and it will be. It will be. So when I was scared walking into that media room for the first time. I didn't show it. I just stood tall and smiled and held my place and, and introduced myself to different people. And I ended up making incredible friends. To women, other women out there, is if, if you, you just gotta believe in yourself and push through it, it's hard, but you don't wanna live with what if. You know, you want to actually live your life and complete your what you want to set out to the world. And I think that applies really to everyone. I mean, uh, honestly, a lot of people don't move forward with their passion or something that they really think they want to do for a living because they don't think it can happen. You know, they mm -hmm. just don't think it can happen and they don't believe enough in it. It takes more than belief. I mean, this is the one thing I'm, I'm getting from our conversation for you is that 
uh, not only do you have to believe it, but you have to prepare for it. And uh, in an earlier interview, I was talking to a musician, George Shaw, and he says, you have to know your craft. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared for every situation. I think that gives you the confidence to walk into that room and hold your head tall because you're prepared. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, t I took all the classes that I felt I needed. And then also I asked questions. And when I met people, and this, let's say at the track for the first time in Laguna Seca I think of but I feel like that's my home track and the first few times I just walked around with other photographers the 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 guys that had been doing it for years and I just learned from them and learned from and I learned all their different ways of how they worked and I engaged with them and you know some of the things I, I agreed with and I took for myself and other things I, that didn't work for me. And so I think to, to actually be open to work with others and learn and, and, and then know in yourself what works for you. Lately what's interesting is going back to my passion for travel and I've been doing video stories along with stills of just amazing events and places around the world. I was down in Martinique covering the carnival that happened and for that particular shoot I had a Hasselblad uh, camera and so it was interesting to work with the camera and just take time to photograph the people. I'm used to just clicking really quick and getting a bunch of shots yeah, of the track. Yeah, that's a very so different uh, very sort different. of thing. Yeah. And Hasselblad has acknowledged you as, mm -hmm. are, are you one of their artisans? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 so, so I've been working with them a lot with their newer camera. And and so that was it was interesting. It was to actually take the time, but in a very fast environment. I mean, these people are yes. walking through and to take them and have them stand in front of you or to capture what's happening in front. It, it, I would be lying if I didn't say it was a little frustrating. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll, I'll see the shot that I want and then there's those darn other people sometimes. Yes. That, you know. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. No, and I, I, for Road and Track magazine, I went down to Cuba, to Havana, yeah. and shot the car culture down there. And that was fascinating to combine two things of travel and automotive, and it was beautiful. When yeah. I saw that, uh, by the way, those images are, are terrific. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I saw that, I go, what a beautiful melding of your different worlds right mm -hmm. there. I mean, yeah. it seemed like, boy. Uh, that's where you should be. Yeah. yeah. No, it was amazing. The people we met were just incredible. Yeah. So that's what made it so great. And when I think of another amazing shoot I was on is I went to Sardinia and I, I, I went to go to the World Rally Championship. So those rally cars where they're just zipping through those crazy dirt roads. And one morning, uh, my partner and I, we were driving to the first uh, checkpoint as we were told that there's this incredible jump that they do, but it was going to take two hours to get to that point. So we woke up, at, we got out, I think we left at 6 a.m. We had three books on our laps and they were navigation books. So because not all the roads are named. So we're looking through these books, navigating, going on, zipping through these dirt roads to get to this hill and we're we're traveling along, we get, we start to see people walking along the roads. We're like, oh, we must be getting close. We start traveling up this dirt road up a hill 
and it's getting more and more narrow, more and more narrow, and there's more people walking. Cars are starting to be parked along the road, and we get, <laughs> there's nowhere to turn around, so we just keep following up, <laughs> and we're following up, and then there's car, if you imagine there's cars on the edge of this cliff, just hanging, just on, and then there's this gutter of a, just on the other side with motorcycles and cars parked, we finally just end up stopping because the cars in front of us were parked. We get out of the car, we walk out, and we cross uh, this little dirt path and we're walking. There's no, no one saying, oh, it's over here, um, or nothing. Right. Like at a regular racetrack, you'd be right. like, everything would have its, you know, there, it would be organized. And so we're walking across this dirt path. There must be somewhere around here. Next thing we know, helicopter goes flying over our heads really low. A car comes, the first car comes. That little path we walked across was the actual racetrack. Oh my gosh. Zipping by. And we we're just like, holy shit. Oh my god. And so it was amazing. It was the most thrilling thing. We get we get to the jump. We walk up to where the jump is. There's Italians all over in the trees. They're in the trees watching and they're drinking wine at 8 a.m. I'm like, oh my gosh. Just the culture around it was fascinating. Everyone was having a good time early morning. Now, did you get a shot you liked? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got some great shots. Yeah. 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 So a lot of the cars and a lot of the people. So, yeah, <laughs> you got to get both. <laughs> that's, absolutely. That's fabulous. One thing I want to say, though, photography, you, you, as a professional photographer, you get so caught up with the business side of it. And I will say, when you're actually back in that moment with the camera, and you're photographing, that's what you live for. I'm, I mean for myself, when I'm actually in that moment photographing, I'm like, oh yes. And I just have to remind myself because there's so much other stuff. Like it, if you're looking out in from the outside, oh, it must be amazing. Oh, uh, you got the life. But I gotta say, there's a lot of work that goes into it <laughs> that, you're you're not aware of um so i will say the art of just getting out i love going for a drive just going for a drive in my car and just going out and photographing whether it's landscapes or or animals anything just getting out with the camera and photographing and just enjoying your craft yeah yes exactly so derek there's one more thing that i thought about that i sh forgot to mention and that is sometimes in life we experience some very difficult moments, some very difficult things that happen in our life. And it's really hard to understand why it's happening to us. But some time will pass by and you'll then have an understanding of why those things happened, that it led you to the path that you were supposed to take. I found that through going through a relationship where I was in love and I had my heart broken. I had to go through that though because it led me and it pushed me to find my true path, to find my career, to find photography and the direction of where I was going to take my life. And I am now so grateful for what had happened to me because it led me to be the person I am today. 
We ourselves are responsible for our own lives and what happens in our lives. And as soon as you take responsibility for what you do in your life and everything that happens, once you realize that, there's so much power in that and what you can create for your life. A big thanks to Shelby for joining us this week. You can learn more about her by visiting www.shelbynick.com and hats off to Kelly Richards, our talent producer, for making the connection. I'll be back next time with another artist and the thoughts behind their creations. Until then, this is Derek's story, the nimble photographer, wishing you great success in all your endeavors. This podcast is made possible by select members of Patreon. You can learn more and pledge your support for the digital story and the nimble photographer by visiting www.patreon.com slash the digital story. That's www.patreon.com slash the digital story.